0: An excerpt from the second chapter of Bedretin Shimshek's novel, The Killer Ghost, entitled The Desert We Will Find Ourselves In After Death. Although the obstetrics professor was 70 years old, he managed to keep himself young. He explained it by the fact that every time he learned something new, he became a year younger. His baldness commanded respect because he had lost his head of hair for the sake of science. Though his body was decadent, the reflections of the fire rising from his soul could be seen in his eyes, which radiated vitality. When we showered him with compliments, the old man seemed giddy with happiness and said,
1: Although young people are capable of setting the world on fire, you can't even find a spark in them enough to ignite their souls. Besides me, the director
0: of the institute and the thesis advisor were also in the room. The associate professors had left the decision about the file to these two. Before the topic was discussed, the professor said that he was open to all opinions. This was because his sense of curiosity had not left him. For old men could be attractive to young people, not with their knowledge, but with their love of learning. Scientists should not exclude any
1: possibility, even if it was as controversial as reincarnation. Only by searching in uncertain territory can new things be found. He continued. And the saddest thing for a scientist is to die without having discovered anything. Can a man who has never seen anything extraordinary in his life, who has never witnessed a miracle, be said to have lived at all? Only those who have experienced great surprises in life have lived to the fullest. That's why you always have to investigate. Never think that you know everything, that all questions have been answered. Yes, there are scientists who say that reincarnation is nonsense. They are busy putting those who have come out of their graves back into their graves.
0: These words gave us an idea of what the obstetrician was going to say. First, he said that he had no knowledge of the subject of the thesis. He had been present at many births, but he had never seen a baby born with bleeding wounds. Therefore, it would not be right for him to say it exists about something he had not witnessed.
1: Science makes a mistake if it dismisses a claim as false, if it never thinks about it again, he said. The thing to do in this case is to think about what conclusions it would lead us to if the claim were true. If the results are great, if it has unheard of and unprecedented qualities, then the thing to do is to revisit that claim again and again. Because our testing methods change over time, so we should not trust ourselves either.
0: The director of the institute looked over his glasses and asked, Can you be more specific?
1: The obstetrician replied, I cannot say that reincarnation exists. But if there were such a thing as reincarnation, then many questions that we cannot answer now would be answered. At least I think so from the point of view of my profession. Advisor.
2: Does that mean we have to approve the thesis?
1: Professor. That is a difficult question, but I would approve it, because in terms of science, not everything has to be proven. Besides, this is an open question, and even if we cannot prove it, future generations may one day do so so I think it's a waste of time to discuss a claim about whether it can be proven or not. Let's look at the possible consequences. Let's think about where the consequences would lead us if this claim were
0: true. I was surprised by the literary imagination of the obstetrics professor. I thought then that it is intuition rather than knowledge that can open the horizons of scientists. After the brief introduction, the evaluation of the thesis began. Dreams played an important role in the thesis. Some of them were dreams that the mother-to-be had before giving birth. Others were dreamlike experiences described by reincarnated people. Those who remembered their past lives, if they remembered the afterlife, said that someone or something had left them on the edge of a window or pushed them in through a window and that's how they were born into their present life. In other cases, they said that some beings came to them before they were born and brought them to the doorstep of their new home and showed them the family they would be born into. The obstetrician had a radical thesis to explain them.
1: These experiences should be seen as dreams that the baby in the womb has before it is born, he said. In fact, the window or door motif is a symbol of the baby coming out of the womb. Being thrown in through the window or being dropped at the door is the dream equivalent of being born. Furthermore, experiments have shown that babies in the womb spend most of their time sleeping, but they have not told us what they dream about. From what is written in the thesis, we understand that babies in the womb have dreams similar to those of adults, that they envision the world and people just like we do. So if there is reincarnation, it is normal for a baby to have dreams about its previous life. Maybe some children remember their past lives only just because they remember these dreams.
0: The professor got up and walked around the room for a while. Then he continued as if he were lecturing to his students on the lectern.
1: Now let's take it a step further and ask. If the baby in the womb is dreaming, is it possible that the mother-to-be will not be affected by these dreams? Won't these dreams have an effect on the mother's mind? We understand from the thesis that they do. The baby in the womb, who dreams about his past life, appears to his mother in her dreams with his past life identity. While announcing his birth, he also explains to her who he is. This does not surprise us. For if the mother and the baby in her womb share the same consciousness, they can well communicate with each other through their dreams. The baby can shape the dreams of the mother and the mother can shape the dreams of the baby. As a matter of fact, in the thesis, this is the only way to explain the fact that mothers who are candidates to give birth to reincarnated babies see and talk to their children in their dreams with the identity they had in their previous lives. It seems to me that you have overlooked one point, said the thesis advisor. It is not only the expectant
2: mothers who can have these dreams, but also their relatives. Sometimes the deceased appears to them in their dreams and announces that he will soon be born in their house. And later on, he actually is born. Isn't this something that
0: science would have a hard time explaining? The professor said,
1: We see a kind of telepathy going on here. If we define the dead as those who have not yet been born, we can say that they contact us in various ways. Dreams are an important means for this communication. This also highlights the role of consciousness in dreams. It shows that those who try to explain dreams only in terms of processes in the brain are wrong. I mean, dreams may not be limited to the brain. They may be the product of some unknown field that includes the brain. Perhaps the reason we see each other in our dreams is because our brains share this mysterious field. And this is what we need to focus on.
0: The obstetrics professor then opened the thesis file and asked me to read case number 19. Case number 19 was the story of a woman who died from a fall and was reborn. It said,
2: I fell on my head from a very high place. My son shouted, my mother has fallen. Everyone ran. Then they took me to the doctor. The blow had hit my brain. I died there but I could hear people crying, I could hear people talking, but I couldn't react, and I was burning inside because I couldn't react. I struggled a lot while my soul was coming out. I felt like there was a piece of hot ember in my throat. They buried me near my house. After I was buried, I was in the other world, and I was under a very big tree. I looked around. There was just some grass under the tree, and water was flowing next to me. The water was not coming from far away, it was coming from the bottom of the tree. There was nothing at the bottom of the tree except grass and water. When I looked around, there was a vast desert everywhere, no one was there. I said to myself, "'My God, where am I?' There was not even room to take a step around the tree. As I looked left and right, an old man with a long beard appeared beside me. He asked me, "'My daughter, what happened?' I said, "'I'm lost. I don't know where to go. I miss my children.' He said, "'Don't be afraid. I will show you the way. Take my hand.' I don't know how it happened. I took his hand. We flew. Suddenly, I found myself near the house of my present family. There were trees around the house, and a path went through the middle of the trees. He landed me at the beginning of this path. Then he said to me, my daughter, follow this path. It will take you to your destination. I took three steps from the beginning of the path to the house, and on the third step, I reached the window of my parents' house. I was outside the house. I looked inside and saw my mother, my mother's chest, the quilts on the chest, and I looked inside and smiled. I was happy to look in through the window before I reached the door. I was smiling, and at that moment, it was like waking up from a dream. I don't remember the rest. My mother told me that for days after I was born, blood flowed from a wound on my head. I was born with a scar on my head.
1: This is a dream that the baby in the womb is while being born. It can't be anything else," said the obstetrics professor, and it expresses all the processes of birth and symbols. On the other hand, it says that dying and being born is no different from falling asleep one night and waking up in the morning. What we call the afterlife is nothing but a place in our dreams. If our hand is wounded in the evening, we wake up in the morning with that wound on our hand. That's what happened in this case. A woman falls on her head and dies, and she is reborn with a wound on her head that is still bleeding. What she describes from the afterlife are actually her impressions from the womb. So we have to ask, when we die, do we go back in time back to the womb? The fact that the woman can see and hear everything after death is consistent with studies in England that prove that consciousness remains awake for some time after death. When she says that she was in the afterlife after being buried, she means that she was actually immersed in a world of dreams. When she looks around her, the desert everywhere, the absence of anything, only water flowing, beautifully depicts the environment and the womb in the isolation there. Then the narrowness she expresses by saying that there was nowhere to step next to the tree tells us that the moment of birth has arrived, because the baby who is about to be born is also stuck in the womb, unable to move freely. I don't know where to go indicates that babies realize that they will be born when the time comes. Just as the dying realize that they are going to die and do not know where they will go. At that moment, the baby is nervous, as is the mother, but an old man appears, calms her down and shows her the path to go just as those who have died and come back to life say that they saw some other worldly beings who gave them peace. This path is actually the baby's way out of the womb. She takes three steps forward from the beginning of the path and reaches the window of the house, the point of exit from the womb. When she finally says, I was out of the house, this tells us that she has come out of her mother's womb, that is, she has been born. The phrase... I was happy to look in through the window before I reached the door suggests that the baby was able to see out while in the womb and that this made her happy. But how? By using her mother's eyes? Or by sharing her consciousness? Or through her own independent consciousness, which seems detached from her body, which has not yet settled in her brain? When she says, I saw my mother, my mother's trunk, the blankets on the trunk tells us that the baby's consciousness was awake before birth and could see what was going on around it just as it can after death. In near-death experiences, don't those who come back to life say that they saw everything that was going on at that moment? In fact, while we hear the baby crying, it is laughing and feeling happy, just like those who have near-death experiences feel happy. And this is natural, because at the moment of birth, the baby's brain releases DMT, the happiness hormone. As a matter of fact, it is thanks to DMT that we know she is asleep. If she is... She is also dreaming. Then the cord is cut, and it's like waking up from a dream. There it is. Could there be a more beautiful passage describing the moment of birth from the mouth of a baby? This baby told us what she felt in the womb and what she experienced when she was born. From this case, we see that what we experience at birth is repeated at death. So, every death leads to a birth, and birth leads to death. In this case, who knows which is the end and which is the beginning? I think that the place where we are after death and before birth is the place where we find ourselves every night when we fall asleep in our dreams. I wonder which is more real? Here or there? Could this world we live in be an illusion? Could the real reality be the place we go to in our dreams? So whatever it is, wherever it is, it is waiting to be discovered like a new continent.